Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast of Fight Worth Fighting. This is your host, Amanda Borrego, and today's episode is titled, One Reason You Are Wrecking Your Marriage. So three questions we are going to cover on today's episode are, number one, are you making the necessary sacrifices needed to have a happy marriage? Number two, are you a team player or are you only looking out for yourself? And number three, why are things so hard and why am I not just being blessed? So I have a bunch of really quick announcements I want to make. I'm going to take a quick second. I want to welcome all of our new listeners. It's so exciting. Even though I've been MIA for a while, the podcast the podcast has been growing quite a bit recently. All glory to God. I want to encourage you who are new to check out all of our previous episodes. There's a lot of really good material further back. If you are resonating, uh, you definitely want to take a look back because the episodes are timeless. The wisdom is timeless and they are so encouraging. So um, I want to take a real quick minute to talk about Patreon. Patreon is a way that you can give back to this podcast and help us to take these encouraging messages around the world. You would be the reason that other couples are being encouraged if you would become a Patreon with us. So to tell you the truth, in order to keep this podcast going, we really need a little cushion to be able to pay for the expenses that we incur creating these episodes. We have to pay for the monthly subscriptions, for the platform we use, and believe it or not, there's nobody behind the scenes here paying me to put out these episodes. And so we are really hoping that you you all that love the podcast would become a patreon with us and help us to keep it going uh what your money would go to would be we we need some some more podcast equipment we would like to send a small gift to each of our uh guests who have been so generous with their time and coming on here and encouraging um all of us couples and um there are some times that we need to get work done and, and hire a babysitter and um if you would help us out, your money would really help to take this podcast um, to couples who need it. Uh, my family always challenged us when we were little. They would ask us, are you a giver or are you just a taker? Something I'm trying to pass on to my kids. So um, we want to thank you uh, for considering being that for us and giving to the podcast. Um and so, uh, again, if there, if you're getting anything out of this podcast, we ask that you would help us to keep it going and become a Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And if you can't do that right now, I ask that you give back in other ways. Please share it with your family, text it to your friends, post it on your social media, and leave us a review. When we put new episodes out, we have about 500 downloads a week. So we're hoping that if we can get at least 10% of you to become a Patreon, that would really help me out and go a long way in taking this podcast around the world because we are really believing that better marriages would create better families and better communities. And we totally believe that that is the key to fixing this cray cray world. It's like uh, less than a cup of Starbucks a month or maybe, I don't know, like a dozen eggs. I don't know, eggs are pretty expensive nowadays. So um, if it's of any value to you, please, please become a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash afwfpodcast. 
Again, that's patreon.com AFWF podcast. And that would really, really help us out. And I will put a link for it in the show notes. One other thing that I wanted to share with you is my husband is a genius when it comes to website and graphic design. So we started a little business. It's called Lena Design Co. And if you are a business owner in need of a website, please check us out at lenadesignco.com. Seriously, my husband is amazing. I don't know how he does it, where he learned, got this skill sets from but i'm floored with each new website he creates um so check it out now because people are laughing at our ridiculously low prices which are going up in january i seriously had a client email me back the other day after i sent her a price list and she asked if these were actual monthly prices and so yeah anyways if you need a business website or graphic design go check us out at lenadesignco.com if you need help with your business so All that being said, let's jump into today's episode. You guys, this one really got me. This one really touched my heart and I could maybe just cry. I don't know if it's because I miss creating these podcast episodes so much or if it's just that God is so good and sent me the perfect words of wisdom and encouragement through our guests that I really needed at this point in time. Anyways, I'm forever grateful for our guest, and I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. I know it's going to recharge your batteries. I know you're going to be so excited to go out there and fight for your marriage and fight for your family. So this is the first part of our conversation. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so that you will be notified when the second half comes out. Enjoy! Welcome back to a Fight Worth Fighting podcast. I've been a little MIA lately, so I am so excited to have um, this really amazing gentleman come on and let me interview him t- today. Um, I ha- We happened to meet this amazing couple uh, when we were on a family vacation in Durango, Colorado, and it was at a moment of very, very high stress my husband and I were my husband and I were there with um a bunch of our family but it was just us at this moment in time and we were about to try to lug all of our kids our two toddlers and our baby who is asleep in a stroller up of like two flights of stairs and these stairs were pretty narrow and I was like oh my goodness how are we gonna do this and thankfully by the grace of God this really nice guy came up behind us and was like let me help you guys with that and he was like I know what it's like to have a bunch of kids we've been there done that and um they were just so kind him and his family to help us up (laughs) this big flight of stairs and we just um got to know them a little bit we hung out at the pool in the hot tub together me and my husband him and his wife and I think they had four kids if I'm not mistaken but he can tell you a little bit more about that um and it it's just been such a blessing. We all connected on social media and they've just been the most encouraging on anything that I post. And um, I was just really drawn to them right when I saw them at the pool because I just really noticed like the thing that stuck out to me. I was like, wow, like 
their kids love them. Like their kids just seem to be like best friends with them and to just be themselves and to be having just like a blast with, um, with their parents. And so I've just been so grateful for this connection and um, I just want to welcome on my friend, Brian Jacobs. Hi, Brian. Yep. How's it going? Hey, Amanda. How are you? It's going good. It's uh, not as it's not as cool in Houston as we would like it. Uh, <laughs> definitely does not feel like wintertime at all. Oh. It was uh, it was 80 degrees here yesterday. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, not oh not is not exciting. Not yeah, exciting. we're like the polar opposite over here. We're like uh the high is about 40 degrees. Today's actually been a kind of nice day, but yeah, we're getting like some flurries yesterday, a little bit of rain oh. and snow mixture. So we're on the we're the opposite opposite extreme over here. We're we're talking about going skiing next weekend. I can't wait. <laughs> So I, I'm envious. I am envious right now. I, truly. I know. <laughs> I, you guys are going to, we're going to have to all plan another family trip to Durango. <laughs> that would be fantastic. The scenery. Well, we'll actually be there in two weeks. Oh, are you? Yeah. We're going for our anniversary. Uh, this is actually uh, December 15th is our 25th wedding anniversary. No um, way. Yep. It's yep. And so we'll be in Durango again for, uh, just for a four or five days, we're not going for a super, super long time, but um, we were going to go to Alaska, didn't work out, so we've decided to hit Durango again. That'll be our fifth time there. So, oh my goodness. Well, yeah. congratulations, 25 years, and I am so excited to just get all the wisdom from you on this <laughs> podcast. Um, so a little bit. Uh, I just wanted to kind of tell you how this got started and for any new listeners that we might have. So um, my husband and I were having a really, really, really hard time in marriage. And um, we've even talked about separating before. And it was around that time that I went to a girls night with my aunts and cousins and all of our husbands were hunting. And so it was just the girls in town. This is before kids. And so we all went out on a girls night and we got to talking and some of my aunts who have been married 30, 40 years were just telling us some of the stories and some of the things that they went through in marriage. And I was like, oh my goodness, like I'm not alone. Like everybody has a hard time in marriage. And I just honestly couldn't believe some of the things that they had, they, they went through and overcame. And they told us it's only by the grace of God that we're still married. And I just left wow. feeling, <laughs> I left feeling so happy, like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not the only one who struggled in my marriage. Cause I think we tend to think we are the only ones. And I think that that's one of the devil's greatest tricks is to make us feel isolated and feel like we're all alone. Um, and so I, God just put it on my heart, like, okay, share this encouragement with other people. And so that's what we do is interview people who have been, whose marriages have stood the test of time and, um, and ask them their wisdom. And so um, the first question that I have for you is um, how did you and your wife meet? 
So, um, we, we actually went to high school together, uh, for a brief time. Um, I had been, uh, very unceremoniously asked to leave my previous high school. Um, and I would, I had moved to a high school in Houston, Texas. My mother was living in Houston. I was living with my grandmother, very, very bad situation. Um, and so when I moved to Houston, I, it was the last two years of my sophomore year in high school and, um, Melody's family had moved to Houston probably two weeks before I did. And we just happened to have a class together. Um, and so, um, my, my mission was to basically look at the floor and just finish my sophomore year. I didn't want to make friends. I didn't want to know anybody. I just wanted to get through sophomore year and go, go to summer and just forget everything and come back later and start fresh. Right. And, um, I don't know why, but the teacher in our shared class called Melody's name. Uh, Melody had to give her a paper or something because she was still in the process of kind of transferring from her school in Baton Rouge, which is where she had grown up. Mm -hmm. The teacher called her name. And for some reason, I stopped counting the fibers in the carpet and I looked up and I saw her and, and I'm sure you've heard the story before, but it was like something in a movie. I saw her and it was, you know, you know, like she was the most beautiful girl I had ever seen in my life. And from the minute I saw her, I knew she was native. And so I just, I was transfixed by her beauty. And um, so I saw her, I was like, I've got to talk to this girl, could not muster the courage. But the that, that day I went home and I told my mom, I was like, mom, I saw the most beautiful native girl today and I have a class with her and I'm going to marry her. And my mom was like, well, that's very presumptuous. Did you even talk to her? I said, no, no, I did not talk to her. And I still haven't figured out if I can talk to her, but I'm going to try. <laughs> but I was, I was convinced from the moment I saw Melody that she was going to be my wife. Um, and not too many years later, she was my wife. It was a, it was a pretty short we dated for a couple of years and got married, but, and she actually came up and talked to me. Um, <laughs> I never could muster the courage to do it. I would literally walk around her in circles and be like, just say something, just say oh, something. And I never could, never could muster the courage to do it. And what you saw at, at the resort, I'm not a shy person, you know, mm -hmm. at all. But with this girl, I, I could not possibly bring myself to say anything. Anyways, she saw me wearing a shirt from a powwow and she's like, Hey, are you native? And we got to talking and that's where things took off from there. So that was uh, about 28 years ago. Oh my goodness. I love yes. it. Okay. So how yep. old were you guys when you got married? I was 18. She was 20. Oh, wow. So, and she actually, no, she was, let's see. No, she was 19 about to be 20. The following February, we got married in December. So I was 18. She was 19 oh, and she was four months pregnant with our first daughter. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. Yep. And uh, we had basically been told, hey, you're pregnant now, so you're getting married. And okay. yeah. And 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 because I'm because I was raised to, you know, be a man of his word and be a man of of honor by my mother. You know, she said, well, now you have to be a father. You can't, you can't make them if you're not going to take care of them. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, okay, time to be a dad, time mm-hmm. to be a husband, you know, which I had no clue what either one of those looked like. Um, so, cause you know, my dad wasn't around. I didn't grow up with my father. He lived in another state and really didn't have a lot of interaction with me. And so it was just me and my mom. So have knowing what a dad looked like, knowing what a husband looked like, not a clue, not a clue. Mm-hmm. So, wow. yeah. So yes. how did your family's, um, how did her family handle, you know, having, or getting married so young and having a baby so young was everyone kind of okay or was it hard for you guys (laughs) um so her family was actually they are where the the faith in our collective family came from i didn't grow up in church at all um in fact uh when i met melody i would i would have considered myself a staunch atheist Um, and, uh, I did not believe in God. I thought all Christians were idiots. I mean, I was just, I was absolutely sold on the idea of Christians being full of, full of nonsense and everything. And her family, her mother and dad, both were very, very strong Christians. And so were her and all her siblings. And so, um, when we got married, they encouraged the marriage because they believed that, uh, God had put us together, even though we did it the wrong way they believed that our lives had been brought together for the purpose of the kingdom. And so while they didn't like the way we came together, they liked that, that they believed and they saw that God was doing something between us. Um, now, uh, it, you know, of course we had our, we had our differences and, you know, um, it was difficult at times, but when we first got married, we actually moved in with her parents because they had a large house and me and my mother had been sharing a two bedroom apartment. Um, and so it was just better all the way around for us to live in the house with her family. Oh, so wow. that's what we ended up doing. So they, they're, they were wonderful to me then. And they've, they've never stopped. They've never changed. Wow. They've always been the most kind and loving. Her dad has be, kind of become like I've reconciled with my father, but her dad has been my dad for years. Aww. So. yeah it's been amazing wow what a blessing family is definitely seriously definitely i can relate to that for sure that's awesome what a blessing um okay so um so it sounds like you guys had this amazing love at first sight love story um Mm. And so one question that I always, always ask on our shows is, was there, did there ever come a time where you just didn't think it would work out? Um, There came not just a time, but an entire period of our marriage where I just really didn't know. And Melody didn't know why we were together. Um, and I'm just, I'm, a, I'm being really, really straight here. Cause I want your listeners and anyone who hears our story to understand that it, we may have started out fairy, fairy tale, but it did not live like that for a very long time. Um, I brought tons of baggage from my previous life. She brought tons of baggage from her previous life. There was some big drama happening in her family behind the scenes that was very soon to come out and be exposed that caused a lot of issues for her. And, you know, um, we, 
In fact, the joke used to be among our friends, oh, Brian and Melody are fighting again because we used to argue constantly. And it would be joking a lot when it was in front of other people, but there was real, there was real tension there. And if we went more than a few days without fighting, we were doing a good thing. Like it was, we felt very positive if we went more than two or three days without arguing about something. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our marriage was just really for a long time. It was just a lot of hard work. Um, and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of just being like, well, we have kids, so we, we just basically need to ride this out. And then once the kids are gone, well, we, we'll talk about what's going to happen then, you know? And so, yeah, yes, definitely hundreds of times. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so yeah just like probably most marriages from what i can gather with everyone that i've interviewed so um would you be able to tell us like what you think got it to that point where it was just like something you were feeling like you had to survive and just like treading water almost was there something that sticks out um that got you to that place I'm not sure if I'm going to answer this question correctly. So I'm just going to answer and I hope it's the right answer. But um, now, well, let me, I want to get some clarification. Do you mean like I was, why we were staying or do you mean what was the turnaround? Well, no. What was the big, like, what were the big fights? Like, did somebody do something wrong? Was there like a certain fight? Like, did you always fight that the person put the toilet paper on wrong or what got you to that place of constant bickering and fighting between the two of you. Oh, I see. Oh, you name it. You name it. It was, it was anything and everything. We fought over everything. Um, Finances, the way we were raising our kids. Uh, When we first got married, it was our lack of shared faith. She was a Christian. I wasn't. Um, It was our finances. I, I think I already said that. I mean, you name it. We fought over it. Um, I was uh, at the or the earlier part of our marriage. I was real big into um, strongman and powerlifting and bodybuilding and all that stuff. And so even what we would eat, I wanted to eat something different for dinner, and she wanted me to eat with the family. And I would cause trouble over that. That would that would annoy me that I had to that I had to do this thing. And and it just we fought over everything. And so really it wasn't, it wasn't the issues that we were fighting over. It was each other that we were fighting against, Mm -hmm. you see? So there wasn't, there wasn't some singular issue. It was me and her having so many issues with each other and, and just forcing each other to stay, you know, and that was, we, we just had a ton of animosity towards each other. um, If I'm just being really honest, Mm -hmm. you know, I loved her and she loved me. And we both would, when the fights would settle down and we'd come to that place, like, okay, we need to work this out. We come to that understanding. We both definitely loved each other. Mm -hmm. It just, we were so angry about so many things that we just, we had a hard time controlling our tempers with one another. Got it. So, yeah. Do you think it would be true to say, it just kind of sounds like, like selfishness like each person was kind of just looking out more for what they needed than looking at the other person i'm gonna be really honest it was it was mostly me i'm gonna tell the truth it was mostly me 
Um, I was very selfish. I did not have any idea how to be a husband. And uh, I didn't understand that being a husband meant self-sacrifice, meant um, putting yourself after your family. Um, and while I wasn't a bad guy, I didn't do like wrong things. I mean, I worked hard. I, I did everything I could to care for my children, but I didn't understand that caring for my family meant also caring for my wife. And so um, I didn't often put her first. I put my interests before my marriage, uh, street racing, powerlifting, all that stuff. It all came before my marriage. And um, so really more of the problems were centered around me and her processing through me putting her second and feeling second a lot was a lot of what I think made her angry. And then so when I would have a bad day and I'd shoot off the mouth at her, she would respond in anger because she was so filled up with being kind of treated poorly. So, um, so I think that's really what it was. I don't think it was very much of her as much as it was mostly me. Got it. Got it. So crazy how like just all those little things just festering and brushed under the rug for so long can seriously just create like just that energy of anger and bitterness. And it's almost like so easy to fall into letting those be habits that you're really not even aware of um, if you just let them keep going on for so long. So what I'm excited to hear is, okay, I feel like we can all relate to that. So what was it that turned everything around for you guys? Because knowing you, being, being around you guys and seeing you as a couple and in your family, you know, I would never, ever think that that was the case. So can you pinpoint something that you guys did that started changing, changing everything for you? <laughs> if you are loving all of the challenges that we leave you with at the end of each episode, go to afwfpodcast.com and get a week's worth of daily challenges to create big miracles in your marriage. We have taken all of the advice our elders have given us on this podcast and created a printable challenge for you. So go print it out and hang it on your mirror because we all deserve for our home and our marriage to be our happy place. That's afwfpodcast.com. I would never ever think that that was the case. So can you pinpoint something that you guys did that started changing, changing everything for you? Well, I'm going to be honest. Um, I began to really, at the end of 2014, I began to really pray. Because I was like, you know, I'm getting older. Our marriage is still just really, really horrid. I love her. She loves me. But our marriage is just completely a wreck. And I was like, Father, we got to do something. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm trying everything I can. But God, I, I, we, this has to get straight. This has to be done and done for good. And so at the end of 2014, the Lord really started talking to me. And by the way, I, I gave my life to Christ in 2003. Um, and so we were married for about five years before I became a Christian. And, um, but even becoming a Christian did not really fix our marriage. It made it a little better. 
it made us a little more forgiving and more patient, but all the animosity, all the tension, all the issues were still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I point that out. I make a point of saying that because I don't want people thinking that just because you become a Christian, now everything gets better. Mm-hmm. You know, there are still, there's still damage. There's still wounds. There's still scars that need healing. Mm-hmm. And so we really had to go through a, a big healing process. So at the beginning of 2015, I was praying and the Lord said, this is your year of the turnaround. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, what does that mean? Father, what does that mean? So in my industry, I actually work in chemical plants in my industry. A turnaround is when you shut down a large portion of a chemical plant and you do a bunch of reparative and restorative work to the equipment so that when you come back up, start the unit back up, you're running more reliably, making more high purity product, et cetera, et cetera. So when the Lord said, this is your year of the turnaround, that was significant to me because I knew all of the work and all of the minute details that went into this turnaround that I had experienced many times in my industry. Can you tell so me knew, just that simple definition of a turnaround really quick one more time? Uh, like, is it as it applies to the chemical plants? Yeah, yeah. In your industry, yeah. yeah. Uh, in my industry, a turnaround is essentially where you shut down a large portion of the chemical plant refinery or facility where you're working and you do a bunch of restorative and reparative work so that when you start the chemical plant back up, you're running more efficiently and making more high quality product. Got it. Got it. Complete shutdown. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So that's kind of what God revealed to you. Right. So that was the year of the turnaround. And so it began in January of 2015, I began fasting and uh, I did a Daniel fast, which is a horrible, horrible fast uh, where you don't eat any meat for 21 days. And, and you've seen me, Clearly I'm an eater, you know, and I'm definitely a carnivore. So 21 days with no meat was just torturous. Um, But God began working there in that, in that mindset of sacrifice, God said, because you're sacrificing, I will meet you. And I began to learn. I began to understand the sacrifice that goes into loving someone else, never having been taught by a father and never really understanding what it meant to put your wife first. I began to understand the level of sacrifice that a man of God has to live by to be the kind of husband he's supposed to be, right? So completed the first one, 21 days, no meat. I had my first meat meal after 21 days, and literally it was a block of, uh, it was one pound of ground beef. And I was like, I'm just going to eat this entire pound, okay? (laughs) I finished it, and immediately God said, okay, now go again. I was like, go again, what? What are you talking about? He said, no, go again, another Daniel fast, 21 more days. I was like, oh, Lord, I just had the meat again. Come on, you can't do that to me. But I did it again. So 42 days, I Daniel fasted. And then at the end of that 42 days, God said, okay, now you're done eating until I say so. And so I went 42 days, no meat. I went four and a half days with no food. And after that time, God began me on this journey where I actually did something called the love dare. It's a book. And, uh, I started doing the love dare and I did it three times in a row, 40 days each. And that was when God started to really 
change things in our marriage. Wow. Yeah. That's so awesome. That's so inspiring for me. And <laughs> I just love it because I, I actually reached out to you before about fasting. Um, mm-hmm. And I've always been like a huge believer in fasting, especially before I had kids. I used to fast a lot for just like clarity to feel closer to God. So I just love so much that you're, you're, um, bringing this up and just for all <laughs> to let all of our listeners know, and I'm just so excited that we can impact this a little bit more. Cause I, I wrote down just a lot of things that stuck out to me that you were talking about, but, um, a couple weeks ago, I was at church and the pastor said to us, the topic was, are you a churchgoer or are you a Christian? You know, do you walk the walk or do you talk or do you just talk the talk is basically what he was asking us. And so I'm really excited to just learn a little bit more from you, um, your journey with Christianity, because it sounds like you are very turned off to it in the first place. but. Um, I just want to say that I just really feel like you're someone who walks the walk and is not just a churchgoer, but a Christian. And that just seems has always seemed very evident to me since we met you guys and just the fact that you were so, um, you know, willing to help and just jumped in and took initiative and just seeing you with your family and then Also, I know we're all sitting around the pool and I told you guys, you know, we asked, you asked us what we did and we told you and I was like, oh, I had a podcast and you guys were just so humble. And I, and I think it was one of your kids who was just like, at some point, like, oh, well, my dad also has a podcast. And I think (laughs) he said that you and your wife both have podcasts and I was just like wow like these people are so humble because it wasn't like you guys oh well, we have a podcast and then we were just talking like oh we're all podcasters and then so we had just connected on social media and then um seeing your work and everything you do come to find out you're also a pastor and so I was just kind of taken back a little bit like this couple is doing so much good out in this world but at the same time like never once did you say to me oh I have a podcast and never once did you say to me oh I'm a pastor you are just living your life and walking the walk yeah. and just being so kind and it was just such a good example for me to see what it looks like to live the life of a Christian and just be kind and just be fun and just be um, everything I think Jesus would be proud of, proud of the way that we, you know, like a, a fo- like a follower of Jesus. And so anyways, I just wanted to let all of our listeners know a little bit more about you. Um, that you have your own podcast and I want you to tell us where to find that and that you are a pastor. And so, so anyways, so um, it kind of sounds like what you were saying was that um, once you started making these sacrifices and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but once you like really were probably at rock bottom and were like, okay, we love each other. And I feel like a lot of couples can probably relate to feeling like 
oh my God, like this is terrible. Like we have a terrible marriage. And I think a lot of couples can relate to being like, we know we love each other. We're both in it. But like, is this forever? Like, are we going to be fighting forever? Is this, is it going to be this terrible forever? And so um, it sounds like God really started speaking to you and kind of took you by the hand once you also took initiative and for whatever reason started these fasts. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I guess my question to you is, how do we know, like, how to take the first step or how do we know how do we decipher, like, is this God talking to me or is this something crazy in my head? Like, oh, maybe I saw someone fasting on social media or heard this podcast while they were talking about fasting. Like, I I guess I'm trying to ask, like, how do we know? How do we know when God is calling us to do something like this? That's a, that's actually a that's a really good question. Um <clears throat> To me, uh, when I knew that the Lord was speaking, and this is this was for me especially, but but the first thing, I mean, the first thing we can always know if God is speaking to us, if what we're hearing lines up with the word of God, if mm-hmm. if what we're hearing, if what we're being told to do is biblically uh, is lines up lines up with the Bible, then we can just rest assured that it's the Lord because that's His word, and He doesn't defy His own word. Uh, but for me, knowing that I was prideful, knowing that I struggled with being selfish, um, when I was being asked to do things that killed my pride, when I was being asked to do things that were sacrificial in nature, I knew that it was the Lord because I knew I'd never put myself through that, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I, and two, I knew that what I was at the time and what God wanted me to be as a husband, those two things did not look anything alike. And so I knew I was out of alignment, you know? So when God started, when I started asking the Lord, like, man, what do I do? Cause this is a train wreck on top of a dumpster fire. I mean, it's horrible. Um, you know, and the Lord said, you're out of alignment with me. And in, as long as you're out of alignment with me, this is never going to be right. Um, and, and you know what? Hold on a second. I'm sorry. I just want to thank you for all you said. I didn't even thank you. I'm so sorry for that. Um, yeah, that was really nice of you. And it made me a little emotional when you said all that nice stuff, because it's like always kind of what I've strived, striven, strived for. Anyway, it's what I've always (laughs) gone after is to just be the, be the man of God that I'm supposed to be and not have to, you know, parade it around or advertise necessarily. So that was, that was a lot of confirmation for me. So thank you anyways. Um, but the way you can know is if, if God is drawing you into something that's going to bring you closer to him, mm-hmm. um, it, it is always his desire to be closer to you. It's always his desire to work in your life and to show himself faithful and true through your life. And so when, when you're being called to do something that is going to draw you closer to God, you can always be rest assured that that is him uh, speaking. You know, there's a story in the Bible where Uh, a man and Jesus are talking to each other. And the man says, if you want to heal me, you can. And Jesus says, I want to, you know, and, and there's something really powerful in that short statement. There's never a time when Jesus doesn't want to work in you. 
-hmm. There's never a time when he's like tired of, of messing with you. And he like, he's tired of the process and he just wants you to, to get it and figure it out and be done with it. So we can move on to something new. He's not like us in that way. We get tired of the same old thing. He is always ready to move and act and, and reshape and change you for his glory. So when he's wanting you to align with him, he's going to direct you in a way that aligns that, that puts you on a path that aligns with him more closely, you know? And so when, uh, when I was being asked to not eat meat, because that is 100% against me and everything that I believe I knew right then it was the Lord. Cause I was like, and, and, and I too, I was like, well, I'd only do this for you, father. Like I'm going to, I'll die of a heart attack before I give up meat, but because you've asked me to, and it's you, I'll do it. (laughs) So that's how I knew anyway. So I know there's like verses in the Bible that say, you know, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Um, For someone who's just like really struggling or maybe has really never learned anything about a relationship with God, maybe Mm -hmm. wasn't raised um, going to church, maybe never, ever had a family that like prayed with them. Like how, how does it all work? Like, how do you just start praying? And then also, I feel like God does. reward us for drawing near to him and for being obedient but is that the only way he's gonna bless our marriages or our lives or give us you know the blessings that are waiting for us is if we are um walking with him um i'm just trying to encourage you know anyone listening um i guess i want to say like it takes two uh like any relationship does but i also don't know if that's the truth like god is loving and he blesses us with grace and he's merciful and he's patient with us and he'll pursue us for as long as it takes but like do you think that our marriages will not be blessed. You think we will not get into a place of real communion with our partner until we kind of start making these sacrifices and making an effort to to um to be obedient to God and to who he's calling us to be as a husband or a wife. <clears throat> so, I just the short answer for me is is Yes, I think that we have to begin to live a life of sacrifice and a life of of devoted to God before we will ever see the blessing of God on our life, truly the way he intends to bless us. There are people who are successful and they're successful in a lot of different ways. That does not mean that they're blessed by God. There's a whole different, I mean, I mean, we can point to many, many people in the world who are billionaires who know nothing of Jesus Christ. Um, Success is not equivalent to blessing. Um, And the reason I say that is, and two, you know, um, it does take two, but at the same time, we must focus on the one, 
right? Mm -hmm. So focusing on our relationship with the Lord and then focusing on what it is in us that he wants to amend so that we can be the man or woman of God that he's called us to be, that really has to be our focus. Um, There's a great book that I read called You and Me Forever. Um, I don't know if I can throw out the author's name or not, so I won't do it right now. But um, Is it Francis Chan? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. That is a tremendous marriage book. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it's a tremendous marriage book is because it doesn't focus on marriage. It focuses on the kingdom and what you're here to do. And when you focus on what God has you here to do as a family, as a couple, of course, but, and focus on your devotion to God, then the, the, the minutia of, of being married starts to align itself with the, with the kingdom purpose. So, and then your marriage becomes blessed because you're doing what God wants you to do. Um, I'm no kind of husband when my heart and my mind are not aligned with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not the kind of husband that God has called me to be. And my wife is not the kind of wife that God has called her to be. So I don't believe you can have the full blessing of God on your life unless you are living a life in sacrifice to each other and to him and aligning yourself with him in a way that is meaningful and, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Meaningful and intentional. Mm-hmm. So that is my opinion. And I think that biblically, that's a, it's a pretty solid stance. So anyway. Yeah. I think that it, I just wanted to ask you that because I think that it's hard to understand that nowadays because I think a lot of people get confused about God or Christianity because I think a lot of us are under the impression like, oh, well, if your religion is so great, then um, why do bad things happen? Or um, God, God is this, you know, all loving um, God. And so why are you having a hard time in marriage? And so I think how I think about it sometimes is like, well, God is our parent, you know, and sometimes Mm -hmm. he, he disciplines us just like we discipline our own kids. You know, like I've really been on my son lately because he's picked up this bad attitude from somewhere and he's kind of just being rude to people and, um, you know, giving us dirty looks all the time and he's just not been himself. So I've been on him and he was asking me for, he wanted a piece of gum this morning. And I just was like, okay, I finally just need to draw the line. I told him, no, if once I see you having a good attitude, being kind to every, your family, having a smile on your face. And when you can maintain this good, happy attitude, you know, while we're at church, while we're at our family function, if I see you being happy and kind to your family, then I'll give you this piece of gum. And he was crying and begging and asking again and again and again. But um, I saw such a change in him (laughs) and he was really working to earn this piece of gum. And I think that we just have to remember, like, as much as we probably don't like to hear it, like it does take two. And it's because we do serve an amazing good God and we just want to be lazy and we want to take the easy way out and we want to just demand well we should you're if you're a good God just give us these blessings but sometimes it's like no we have to it's a hard pill to swallow but it's going to make us so much better and so I just want to encourage anyone listening like 
do do the hard thing like you will end up so much happier you will end up so Mm -hmm. much more fulfilled and each of us honestly we don't need to listen to this podcast we don't need to read any books we don't need to ask anyone's advice we know what god has put on our heart and what god Mm -hmm. is calling us to do and if we don't honestly i think all we need to do is just ask and make the sacrifices and spend more time with him because he's very, very quick to reveal it to me anytime I honestly focus my eyes on him. So, um, and that's, you know, that's really a good point is anytime you focus your eyes on him, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I think for, I think for people who don't understand, um, you know, like you talked about how there, you know, there may be people who are listening, who, Uh, perhaps they don't understand what God is wanting from them. And why do I have to, you know, why do I have to do this? Why can't you just make it happen? You know, and if, if you look at God as a far off and distant, um, you know, being who is simply there to, you know, uh, play, play a puppeteer with your life, then that's how you're going to look at God. You, he, you're always going to see him as just a genie, well, he's all powerful and he says he loves me. So just give me what I want. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you see God as the father that he wants to be, and, and, and if you see him, if you understand that he doesn't just want to give you what you want, he is all about the journey. He wants to go on the journey with you. He is excited to walk the road with you, even if it's hard, especially when it's hard, he wants to go on that path with you. And there's an intimacy that comes when you walk that road with the Lord that you cannot achieve without that time. Mm -hmm. So becoming more humble. Well, that means that I've got to, I've got to be broken a little bit, you know, and I've got to go through a time in my life where humility is my only option. I can't be prideful because I have nothing to stand up in pride for. And the Lord's like, good, the more humble you become, you're coming on that path with me and we get to know each other better through the process as humility grows in you, you know, because, uh, we, we are fairly, we're fairly prideful as a species. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, we get very, we get very proud of our accomplishments. Um, you know, and I think, um, the fact that we have, you know, these, these movie awards and these music awards where everybody gets up there and, you know, tells each other how amazing they are and all that stuff. It's very, very indicative of our nature as human beings to pat ourselves on the back. Mm -hmm. But when we become humble, we start to, I I believe God starts to be able to speak to us more clearly because we're listening, because we can hear over the sound of our own adulation for ourselves. And when we stop making that noise, we start to be able to hear the Lord a little more clearly Mm -hmm. Um, because I think we're very good at praising ourselves. And I think we struggle a little more with praising him. And, uh, but anyway, anyway, that's a whole nother subject. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can definitely agree though, when my life gets too busy, um, to make time to spend with God, I'm like more anxious. I'm more stressed, stressed out. My relationships aren't as good. And, um, like, like we talked about, it takes two, it takes it takes making that time so that um so that we are walking with him and drawing near to him so absolutely um so i wanted to ask you something that you've mentioned a couple times because it's kind of jumped out at me and um you you 
you shared that you were raised by your mom and that your dad wasn't around, wasn't in the picture, and that you feel it kind of was hard for you to know what it looked like to be a husband or a father. And so how did you overcome that and step into that? And I know you have one son, right? And three daughters. One son. I have, uh, I have one son. I have four biological daughters and I have three that I call my bonus babies. Um, one of them actually was with us in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Okay. So biological, you and your wife together have five kids. Yep. Molly. Okay. And then you have three bonus kids. That's right. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> That's a full house. Okay. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, I really am. I admired you as a father and a husband. So, um, how did you grow into that or step into that, um, as someone who didn't have that father figure around? Thanks for listening to the first half of our conversation, guys. Stay tuned for next week. It's the second half and it is even better than the first. Trust me, it's the episode you are going to want to listen to with your husband or your wife. It is for sure one of my favorites. And so anyways, please, if you feel inspired to become a Patreon with us and help grow this podcast, please go to patreon.com slash AFWF podcast. You can give as little as $5 a month and you would really be helping us to keep this podcast going. We would be able to put out more episodes for you and you would be helping other couples to find these encouraging messages. So if you're inspired, please go to give back at patreon.com slash AFWF podcast. And again, if you're a business owner and you need graphic design or a website, check us out at lenadesignco.com. Our prices are ridiculously cheap right now, so take advantage before the new year. And don't forget to go and get the marriage challenge guide. We have collected all of the challenges that our elders have given us on this podcast and put it into a free guide for you. So go download that at afwfpodcast.com to get a week's worth of daily challenges to create big miracles in your marriage. So until next week, make it the best week ever. And don't forget that God is for you and for your family. And it might be hard right now, but hang on to Brian's encouragement and ask God if this is going to be your year of the turnaround. Bye, guys.